From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. Once again, we count it a privilege to welcome you to another broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, presenting a series of studies on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought taken from the pen of the great 19th century English preacher C.H. Spurgeon and found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Our devotional for today is entitled, Loved Unto the End. The text is found in Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 31. For the Lord will not cast off forever. He may cast away for a season, but not forever. A woman may leave off her ornaments for a few days, but she will not forget them, nor throw them upon the dunghill, It is not like the Lord to cast off those whom he loves. For having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Some talk of our being in grace and out of it, as if we were like rabbits that run in and out of their burrows. But indeed, it is not so. The Lord's love is a far more serious and abiding matter than this. He chose us from eternity and He will love us throughout eternity. He loved us so as to die for us, and we may therefore be sure that His love will never die. His honor is so wrapped up in the salvation of the believer that He can no more cast Him off than He can cast off His own robes of office as King of glory. No, no. The Lord Jesus as a head can never cast off His members. As a husband... He never casts off his bride. Did you think you were cast off? Why did you think so evil of the Lord who has betrothed you to himself? Cast off such thoughts, and never let them lodge in your soul again. The Lord hath not cast away his people which he foreknew. He hateth putting away.
These days when the forces of evil are devastating our land, God's people need to pray. More than that, we must engage in united prayer. Just as the apostles and the early church were of one accord gathering for prayer, the cry for our day must be, let us pray. To encourage the Lord's people to this end, let the Bible speak is pleased to offer a publication entitled, The Case for United Prayer. Presented within its pages are excerpts from the works of Jonathan Edwards, Samuel Prime, and Pastor Richard Cross. The centerpiece of the book is Samuel Prime's first-hand account of the famous New York City prayer meetings of 1857, begun by one man, Jeremiah Lamphere. This simple effort was blessed by God until prayer meetings sprang up all over the nation and ushered in a mighty revival that spread across the sea to Great Britain, culminating in the great 1859 revival in Northern Ireland. To obtain your copy of The Case for United Prayer free of charge, simply email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you wish, you may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. If you prefer regular mail... Simply write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Just ask for your copy of The Case for United Prayer.
Today, Dr. Cairns continues the series of studies in the doctrine of the Holy Spirit as he brings the opening portion of a message called the witness of the Spirit. In John 15, verse 26 and 16, verse 14, the Lord Jesus Christ explained to his disciples that the chief function of the Holy Spirit is to testify of Christ. In other words, the central theme of the ministry of the Holy Spirit is Jesus Christ. In 1 Peter 1, verse 11, the Apostle speaks of the Old Testament prophets as having the Spirit of Christ as they wrote. This leads us to the truth that Christ is the key to the Old Testament. As Peter emphasized in his sermon to Cornelius, to him, that is to Christ, give all the prophets witness that whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Now Dr. Cairns introduces this message the witness of the Spirit. We're reading God's Word this morning in the Gospel of John. John's Gospel, chapter 15, and at verse 26. John's Gospel, 15, verse 26. And we're reading through to chapter 16 and verse 15. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. And ye also shall bear witness, because ye have been with me from the beginning. These things have I spoken unto you, that ye should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. These things will they do unto you, because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, ye may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning, because I was with you. But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asketh me, Whither goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father, and ye see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine, and shall show it unto you. Amen. The Lord will add his own blessing 
to these familiar verses from his precious word. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Let's all pray. Our loving God and our Father in heaven, we thank thee for this precious word of God. We thank thee for an inspired and an infallible book. We thank thee, our God and Father, today that the Holy Spirit, the author of this book, is its best interpreter. Today we cry for the gracious ministry of God the Holy Spirit, opening up to our hearts the word of truth and applying that word with great blessing and with great effectiveness to our souls. We make the words of our last hymn, the prayer of our heart, speak to my soul, Lord Jesus. Oh God, we pray that today we will not merely hear the voice of a man. We pray that God the Holy Spirit will speak personally, pertinently, and powerfully to every heart. We pray the our God that there will be solid and lasting results in our hearts for the preaching of thy word. We pray that sinners may be converted to Christ. We pray our God that those who are saved and have wandered from the Lord and are living in thy path meadow may be brought right back into full enjoyment of God's salvation and into full fellowship with Christ. Pray for thy people. Lord, thou dost know how the devil attacks the people of God. Oh God, we pray that thou wilt encourage thy people through thy word today. Speak to us, both preacher and listener alike. God, grant that this meeting may be kept uh, by the power of God, protected by the merit of the blood of Christ, that the devil may be defeated and silenced, and the voice of the accuser overcome. O Lord, we pray this day that there will be liberty and power in the preaching of the word to the everlasting glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we pray these things in his name and for his sake. Amen. This morning we're returning to the series of messages I commenced some time ago on the general theme, the person and the work of the Holy Spirit of God. If you have kept a note, you will know that we have already taken 17 messages to look at some of the outstanding scripture truths under this general theme. And we have reached about halfway in the series. Now, I am not seeking to deal exhaustively with each subject that I take up. Otherwise, we'd be preaching on the subject of the Holy Spirit for a number of years. It's such a very vast subject. But I'm rather seeking to take one message for each great theme. And uh, as we spend that time on it, look to the Lord to open up that theme to our hearts and to apply it by His grace to each one of us. Now today we're turning to the Word of God to consider the subject, the witness of the Spirit. 
And I trust to be able to do this in one message. I'm not altogether too certain of that because it is such a very vast theme in the Word of God. That the Holy Spirit does occupy the office of a witness is something that the Scripture puts beyond all doubt. For instance, in Hebrews 10.15, we read the Word, the Holy Ghost, is a witness. In Romans 8.16, we read the words, the Holy Spirit beareth witness. In our Bible reading this morning, in John 15 and verse 26, we read the words, He shall testify of me. So the Holy Scriptures place it beyond all doubt that the Spirit of God does occupy the office of a witness from God in this old world. Now the credibility and the effectiveness of a witness depends upon certain clear criteria. When uh, you are listening to a witness, the first thing that you want to be assured of is the character of that witness. His personal character is probably going to weigh more heavily than anything else that you can consider. If, for instance, you are listening to the witness of one who is known to be a habitual liar or a dissolute person, then you are not going to be easily moved, even by a parade of apparent facts from such a witness. The first thing you consider is the personal character of the witness. Then, of course, the second thing you consider is his knowledge, his personal knowledge of the things whereof he witnesses. And the third thing that you'll want to consider is his communication of that knowledge with accuracy and with truth. Now, these are some basic considerations that we give when we are faced with any witness, witnessing on any subject. When we apply these criteria, these qualifications of a witness to the Spirit of God, bless God we can see from Scripture that the Holy Ghost is the best possible witness we can have on the things of God. As to his personal character, as we have seen in one of our earliest studies, he is truly God. The Holy Spirit is not a mere it. The Holy Spirit is not a mere influence. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the everlasting Trinity. He is as truly God as God the Father and as God the Son. He is as truly personal and perfect as God the Father and as God the Son. His personal character assures us of the credibility of his witness. As to his knowledge, the scriptures say in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 
passage that we'll be looking at in more detail in weeks to come, that the Spirit searches the deep things of God. And Paul is making the point that the spirit of a man is that within the man which knows about that man. When it comes to the things of God, it is the Holy Spirit who searches the deep things of God. There is not a depth in the infinity of God, but that the infinite spirit of God searches that depth as to his knowledge. He is the perfectly qualified witness. Bless God as to his accuracy and his truth. The Lord Jesus, in our Bible reading, calls him by the title, the Spirit of Truth. There is not a shadow of falsehood in anything that the Spirit of God communicates. When he gave his church the Bible, he gave his church an inspired Bible, not a patchwork of human documents sewn together by the best literary skills of human geniuses. No, sir. He gave them a word that was breathed from heaven, inspired to its finest details. There is no lack of truth or accuracy in the witness of the Spirit. He is the perfect witness. Now, here are four ways in which we can consider the witness of the Holy Spirit. We're going to consider first that the Holy Spirit witnesses to the Christian. And here we're dealing generally with the theme of Revelation. Let's first come to what the Bible says uh, before we make much comment upon it. Let's just get the biblical statement down first. We've read already in John's Gospel 15 verse 26 the words of the Lord Jesus. When the Comforter is come whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. Now the force of the words is the witness of the Spirit to God's people. I will send the Spirit to you, and he shall witness he shall testify, obviously, to you concerning me. We turn over to the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, and uh, in verse 15. 10th chapter of Hebrews, and verse 15. Whereof the Holy Ghost is a witness to us. Now, I'm not wanting at this point in time to go into the context in Hebrews 10. That would take us too far afield. He's speaking of the once-for-all sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ and its perfect effects as ordained of God in the lives of the people of God. And he says, of these things, the Holy Spirit is a witness to us. 
We turn over to 1 John chapter 5, and in verse 6, we read, This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. Look at verse 9, and you'll see to whom this witness is given. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. If we receive, obviously the witness of the Spirit is to the people of God. listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. If you wish, you may call us at 1-864-244-2408. That's 1-864-244-2408. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. (music) 